Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to donate to save babies now. And now here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. And back with another episode of the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast. We got all the guys today, full force, Neil and Roger and John, myself, Bob Duco. Hey guys, how are you? Very good, good Bob. Well, Bob, how are you? Doing great. Good, good. Always, always good catching up with you. And so, uh, well, I thought what we were doing, what would do, it would be kind of a nice thing is all of us gather together and maybe do a remote broadcast from Martha's Vineyard. But then I realized, well, no, we, we don't, we don't want to work in that kind of squalor, those kind of horrible conditions. You know, how in the world could we Awful. get through the day Terrible. if we tried to survive on Martha's Vineyard? Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, we're going to talk about this whole Martha's Vineyard controversy, Ron DeSantis his Greg Abbott and the the humanitarian crisis that they're creating by busing people to sanctuary cities and the one that's made the most news of course is Martha's Vineyard. So uh, let's explain what happened. It's kind of a follow-up of last week's discussion that we had on immigration but it's moving into new directions now. As you folks listening may know We've got open borders. Joe Biden and the Democrats, they have had open borders, and we have had millions, uh, multiple millions of illegal immigrants flooding into the United States since Joe Biden's been in office. Now, these immigrants coming over illegally, they are flooding and overwhelming a lot of border state communities that don't have the resources, don't have the money, don't have the infrastructure to be able to handle this. And then, as we know, the Biden administration for the last year and a half, while they've been leaving a lot of the illegal immigrants there, they've also taken hundreds of thousands of them and put them on planes, put them on buses, and over the course of the last year and a half, they've been busing them and shipping them and dropping them off in various cities around the country. Some of them Democrat-run, some of them Republican-run. So it's been going on for a long time. Well, anyway... Greg Abbott, governor of Texas, and Ron DeSantis, Republican governor of Florida, they decided, you know something, two can play that game. So uh, they have been, for the last few months, filling up some planes and some buses with illegal immigrants and sending them specifically to Democrat-run sanctuary cities like New York City, like Chicago. Uh, And, of course, the Democrats have been going crazy over this. Lori Lightfoot, the open lesbian liberal Democrat mayor of Chicago, she got a bunch of illegal immigrants in her sanctuary city, and then she put them on a different bus and sent them out to Republican suburbs. Right, so this is what's been going on. Well, anyway, uh, the latest is you got Greg Abbott, who sends a couple of busloads of illegal immigrants and drops them off outside Kamala Harris's Washington, D.C. home. I love it. Uh, But then Ron DeSantis, it's like, wait a minute here. You got Martha's Vineyard, which is part of Massachusetts. This is considered a sanctuary state, a welcoming state, if you will, for illegals. And it's an enclave playground for rich, elite, liberal millionaires and billionaires. This is where former President Barack Obama and his wife, Michelle, have a sprawling 29-acre 
uh, property with a huge mansion and everything else. You also have David Letterman and Spike Lee and a whole bunch of Hollywood celebrity liberals that have mega, mega mansions there on Martha's Vineyard. So it's like, hey, yeah, they got the money, they got the resources, and they're a sanctuary state, and so why don't we send the illegals there? And so he sends a plane with 50 illegal immigrants to Martha's Vineyard. What do they do on Martha's Vineyard? They say, oh, we're shocked. We're outraged. Took them 44 hours to load them up on buses and ferries and get them off the island and over to Cape Cod to a military base. So that's what's happening now. The liberal left is all furious with Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott. How dare you do this? You're, it's, it's like uh, you're treating these people like cattle and it's so wrong and it, you need to be charged with crimes. Gavin Newsom, oh Roger, we'll get you on this in a minute. Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, sends a letter to Merrick Garland, the attorney general, saying, you need to bring charges against Ron DeSantis, including kidnapping charges. And of course, I'm just wondering to myself, wait a minute here, why is it okay for a year and a half for Joe Biden to be busing and shipping and flying illegal immigrants and dropping them off in cities all around the country. But as soon as Ron DeSantis or Greg Abbott do it, then it's suddenly kidnapping and cruel and inhumane and blah, blah, blah on down the line. So there's a lot to unpack here, but that's kind of some background for some of you listening who maybe aren't aware of all the ins and outs of, of what's happened. So with that said, let's go around the table. And John, if I can start with you, John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Just your, I know there's a lot of individual branches to this tree we're going to talk mm-hmm. about, but just in a general sense, uh, what is your overall take on the outrage we're hearing from the left over this? Hypocrites. One word. Hypocrites. They're, they have yeah. NIMBY written on their forehead, not in my backyard. It's okay that they yeah. come across the southern border in southern states, and it's okay that you know other states have to have the quote-unquote burden of all of these you know millions. Keep in mind, everybody, we're not talking you know a few hundred or a few thousand. There's millions of immigrants pouring across the border that that literally are just how do I want to say it? Invading Bob, invading our southern states, and and to the right. you know, to the point that some of these governors are saying, wait a minute, time out, enough is enough. So they've you know done exactly what the Biden administration did. By the way, uh, more than a year ago, he was doing exactly the same thing. It's interesting how the White House comes out and says how how mean and inhumane and cruel this is to do this and they're just using them as you know political pawns well what were they doing uh, you know a year plus ago though you know the, the same administration that's saying this was the same ones doing it well over a year ago again this is the not in my backyard it's fine for them to come across the southern border but don't ship them up north to our nice little cottage town of Martha exactly. Vine- of Martha's Vineyard Oh, I I know. And it's like, isn't it interesting that for a year and a half, Joe Biden was doing this, but he made sure that there were certain communities he wasn't going to send them to. Like, for example, Lily White Martha's Vineyard, uh, 2020 census has it 89.2% white. uh, And the percentage of foreign born people that live in Martha's Vineyard, zero 0.5%. 0.5%. Wow. All right. Those are the numbers of Martha's Vineyard. That's like white America. Liberals. I know. I know. It's like, oh, we're, we're certainly not going to send them there. How offensive. And, and which, on top of it, let's be honest, John, you could take any mansion on Martha's Vineyard, including Obama's mansion. Mm-hmm. Do you know that most of these mansions are empty for most of the That's year? Right. That's right. 55.5%. Right. These are summer homes. 
Yeah, 55.5% of Martha's Vineyard are summer homes. And so they're they're not even occupied for right. the whole summer, just That's particular right. weekends. And then they're not occupied the rest of the year. All 50 of those migrants could easily have been housed in any one of these mansions, but not one of them Wait, which was really willing quick, to Bob, open by, them up. By the way, I mentioned this on air yesterday. The, the left, in my opinion, and they are pretty wise, but in this case, they royally screwed up. They could have easily taken even Obama's mansion in his 30 acres you mentioned a moment ago and they could have mm-hmm. even put some outside tents you know even if right. they didn't want him in the house they could have put some outside tents done all sorts of things to have housed these individuals for even if it was just a weekend of photo ops there's all sorts of right. things they could have done and frankly missed an opportunity to help their side and their cause but my point is and it always will be they don't care about people at all i know you know if anything just Call call up the uh, tent rental company that Correct. rented the tents out there for the big Obama birthday bash super spreader event during COVID and say, hey, let's bring it back out again. Just so we, you're right, this was really really stupid on their uh, on their part. They had a great opportunity for optics and blew it. Now uh, we obviously want to get Roger and Neil in on this. We got a lot to talk about here, but as we go through this podcast, we are going to be continually reminding you folks that. We have to take action to try to stop abortions in this country, and that's why you're going to hear us talking a lot about preborn. And I just want to ask everybody in the audience right now, if you have not yet donated any money to preborn, I'm asking you to prayerfully consider doing it now. Uh, here's how it works. Preborn is a pro-life organization, and they partner with pro-life pregnancy centers all across this country. And what they do is show ultrasound images of unborn babies to expectant moms. And when those moms see an ultrasound image of their baby, they choose life 80% of the time. Folks, that's the reason why Planned Parenthood desperately tries to keep women from seeing ultrasound images of their babies, because they know they'll lose an abortion sale. Well, we need these ultrasound images to be in front of mom's eyes but it takes money to do this. And on average, $28 stops one abortion. $28 saves one baby's life. So I'm asking everybody in the audience right now, would you donate $280 one time to preborn and that'll save 10 babies' lives? What a legacy for your family or for your business. Would you do that now? And remember, 100% of the proceeds go right to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. Here's how easy it is. Go online right now to crawfordmediagroup.net. That's crawfordmediagroup.net, and you can donate there online. If you want to donate over the phone, you can call now, too, because they answer the phones 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That number is 833-850-BABY. But donate now if you would. And remember, preborn, just to give you an idea, last year they saved the lives of just under 44,000 babies. And along the way, there were just under 8,000 decisions for Jesus Christ by those moms. Is that worth $280 to stop 10 abortions? CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on the preborn tab. Talking about the latest in the immigration, illegal immigration battle and the Martha's Vineyard controversy. So, all right, Roger, let me ask you, Roger Marsh, uh, bottom line, People's Republic of California, your own governor, Gavin Newsom, has been attacking Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott large on this. Ron DeSantis 
I love it. It's like he's channeling his inner Donald Trump. Ron DeSantis just said yesterday or said this week, uh, Gavin Newsom's hair gel must be affecting his brain function. Uh, I love it because Gavin Newsom actually sent a letter to Merrick Garland, the Attorney General of the United States, saying. Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott need to be investigated and charged criminally with kidnapping. And I'm thinking, wow, you have to be kidding. You know, it almost seems like, Roger, the, the attitude of the liberal left is we will never be put on the defensive. We will go on the offensive no matter what. If we punch you in the jaw, we're going to sue you for giving us a broken knuckle. It's like that's how the liberal left thinks. They always go on the offense, and that seems to be what Gavin Newsom is doing now. Yeah, I think it's kind of a classic case of the cry bully, you know, who says, hey, wait a minute, ow, ow, I hurt myself because I tried to hit you mm. and you, you punched back. You know, it's interesting. Gavin Newsom probably should do more time, spend more time taking a look at his own state as opposed yeah. to looking at Ron DeSantis or Greg Abbott because quite frankly he has a mayor right now in the state of California who is doing something very similar there's a program called Operation Homeward Bound it's taking citizens out of, of this large city and busing them to different cities around the state in some cases busing them to different states even the state of Texas oh wait you know who that person was that was Gavin Newsom when he was the mayor of San hmm. Francisco he started this right. plan in 2004 it's now part of the California <laughs> state legislature I mean for crying out loud the the hypocrisy of this guy Ron DeSantis is going easy on him by saying it's the hair gel that's messing with his brain. Gavin Newsom has been doing the same thing for nearly two decades. Ron DeSantis does it once with two planes, with 48 immigrants from Venezuela, and now, of course, the sheriff down in Texas is saying, we're going to mount an investigation because right. you know, they, they were taken against their will, et cetera, et cetera. And oh, he's a Democrat, take, by the way. Right, no take surprise. me against my will to Martha's Vineyard for a week. I mean, I think of the four of us, we'd be happy to go, quite frankly. I think we're seeking asylum there. I mean, it's just the hypocrisy here. I mean, even for California levels, this is a new low. I know. You know what? Actually, Don Crawford should really crack down on us and show us who's boss by putting us on a plane and sending us to Martha's Vineyard to do next week's podcast. Okay? That, that'll that show us. That, Sign me up. Uh I know. It really is amazing. Let's go to, uh, which, by the way, I got to say just real quick, I was saying this before we went on the air when John and I were talking, but I got to throw it in again. Uh, Bill Maher had a really funny line about this in his HBO show on Friday night when talking about Martha's Vineyard. He was actually coming to the defense of Ron DeSantis. And he goes, wait a minute here. Democrats are all mad because a bunch of illegal immigrants, a bunch of migrants were taken from the squalor of their border communities, put on a plane and then sent to Martha's Vineyard. And then Martha's Vineyard sent them to, sent them to Cape Cod. And Bill Maher goes, hey, in, throw in Nantucket and you basically have given them the cruise that I bought my parents last year. You know, and it's it's so true. But uh, anyway, Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live, of course, out of uh, Buffalo, New York. Neil, some of your immediate uh, thoughts about just this whole controversy before we start unpacking some of the specific details of it. You know, there's a tiny bit of cringe-worthiness about this. Like, uh, when it happened, you think, well, is this just a publicity stunt? But then you stop and think about it. I mean, uh, Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, said boldly, you know, when campaigning 
for his own office, hey, this is always going to be a sanctuary city. Uh, illegal immigrants are welcome here. All people are welcome here in our city. Muriel Bowser said similar things in D.C., and this is the same you know tone you get from all liberal Democrats on this issue. Hey, these are the very people we want in the United States of America. Let's bring them in. Well, nobody who loves the United States of America is against uh, legal immigration. What we have a problem with is illegal, illegal immigration. It's nice to talk today. Sorry about that. But, hmm. um, but you know, the bottom line is this so-called, quote-unquote, publicity stunt is actually drawing attention to an issue that the vast majority of American people really know nothing about. I mean, what's happening on the southern border is sort of, we dismiss it. It's, it's the it's southern state's problem. It's, it's the border issue in the south. What's really weird is I live near a northern border. I'm about 20 minutes from the Canadian border. You have to present all kinds of ID when you're a, an American citizen, legal citizen, with a Nexus card and a passport and everything. You got to present all kinds of ID to cross the border. Down south, you just walk across. I mean, like, what in the world is happening? And the idea that people are now getting offended—how dare the southern state send somebody to a sanctuary city of all places? Well, why in the world do they even have the name sanctuary city if it isn't open to these very same people? And by the way, one last thing—it occurs to me, just kind of a impression, but you know, we are the United States of America. I think that immigration is our issue. It's our problem to deal with. It's it's our, you know, topic to debate. This doesn't belong just to the governors of Florida or, you know, the southern states like Arizona and Texas for sure. Um, this is something that we all ought to have a, a say in. The American people ought to know about uh, clearly. You know, articulate what the problem looks like and, and how many illegals are coming into our country. How many are committing crimes? Like, what is what's the future of America look like? So let's let's campaign for this thing to be dealt with across the board and not just, you know, shovel down to a few states to, to kind of deal with it and make it go away. Help us not have to think about this in the future. No, I think we need to think about it. And I think Democrats need to be held to account for the way that they've ignored this, except to say, keep your people off of, what'd you say, John, uh, out of my backyard? Oh, Neil, I know you are so, you are so right. Now, I, uh, let me ask you, uh, John, of course, John Rush, what I find interesting here is how so many of the the, the liberal left uh, we're, we're talking about hypocrisy and just the absolute mm-hmm. hypocrisy of this whole thing and and that they claim that they're the ones who care so much about migrants care so much about the poor and here's an opportunity for them to show their love and their care for the poor but of course they're not doing that and I think one of the reasons that they're so furious right now is because the Republicans are actually being smart right now. It's like, hey, let's go ahead and expose you guys for what you really are, how you really believe. Let's see how you respond at this point. And and so now suddenly, because it politically is helping the Republicans and hurting the Democrats, now suddenly they're being angry and turning this around. But uh, I, I do wonder, might there be some independent swing voter, soccer mom types that will look at this and realize, wait a minute, a light bulb's going off over my head. These Democrats are not who they claim to be. They really are guilty of what they accuse Republicans of the most. Uh, Might this actually score points politically, do you think? I think in some cases, yes. I think, as we've always said, there's that hardcore uh, you know, side of both parties that we're not going to be swayed either way, no matter what happens. It's just the way that that it's just the way that works. 
On the independent side, though, Bob, that middle-of-the-road voter, they can be swayed either or. Will this have an impact upon those particular voters? Yeah, I, I think it does. I mean, I think when you when you see images, I'm surprised the press even put this up, when you see images of these these immigrants, you know, they're from Venezuela, by the way, for everybody thinking that they're, these are not from Mexico. These are Venezuelan immigrants that walked up, you know, right. came, came all the way up through Mexico, by the way, through the southern border, and that's who went to Martha's Vineyard. And when you see them, you know, basically there's a line of Martha vineyard individuals and the press of course but they're walking these immigrants down the aisle to basically exit the island and yet at the same time have all these people talking about how sad it is and you know we wish we could do more we just don't have the services to help them and blah 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 i mean people aren't that dumb bob they've got to be looking at that saying wait a minute time out this is like one of the wealthiest places on planet earth and you don't have services to take care of these folks what's wrong with that picture uh, you know, that's a great point. As a matter of fact, I want to go a little bit deeper into the that particular claim that they don't have the resources to help these uh, to help these immigrants that are there. Uh, we're going to get into that in just a, a moment. Before we do, though, just a reminder to everybody. Those of you that have been calling and donating money to Preborn, we thank you for that. But for those of you that have not done it yet, please consider doing that now. Remember, Roe v. Wade is overturned. But that doesn't mean abortion is illegal in America. Abortion is still going on, and we need to get women, convince women, to let their babies live. The best way to do that is showing those women an ultrasound image of their baby because they choose life. That's what Preborn does, folks. They partner with pro-life centers all across America to save babies' lives. Last year, in 2021, Preborn saved the lives of 43,669 babies. And along the way, there were 7,986 decisions for Jesus Christ among those moms. All right? But this takes money, everybody. $28 saves one baby's life. That's the average cost. $280 saves 10 babies' lives. So we're asking everybody in the audience right now, would you make a one-time donation of $280 to save 10 babies' lives? All of that money goes to fund ultrasounds. None of that money goes to overhead. So here's how you do it. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, CrawfordMediaGroup.net, and click on the Preborn tab. You can donate right there online, or you can donate over the phone. They answer the phones 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So go ahead and call right now, 833-850-BABY. And listen, I, I do have to ask... If you're doing well financially, if God has blessed you, maybe you have a business, you'd like a nice tax write-off or something, do more than 2800 okay? Do, do, do more than 280 Do 2800 Save 100 babies' lives. And if you can do it, we need some people out there to donate $15,000. That's the cost of one ultrasound machine, and you'll be responsible for stopping thousands of abortions. And it's all a tax write-off for you, too. So whatever you can afford to do, but for everybody else, 280, 10 babies live. So CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the Preborn tab if you would. Talk about the Martha's Vineyard controversy happening. And, you know, Roger, I want to ask you, Roger Marsh, the point that John was making about how Martha's Vineyard is pleading poverty of all things. It's like, you have to be kidding me. Uh, let me throw out some numbers here for people who may not be aware, and then I want to get your take on this, Roger. Uh, the, there, there's different communities on Martha's Vineyard. One of those communities is a community called Edgartown. Now, Edgartown 
uh, is where Chappaquiddick is. We all remember Chappaquiddick, okay? Uh, Ted Kennedy, Senator Ted Kennedy, and Mary Jo Kopechny, and he left her to die in the water and such. Okay, Edgartown currently has a budget surplus of $9.8 million. They got $9.8 million sitting in the bank in Edgartown on Martha's Vineyard. Now, the swankiest hotel in Edgartown is $500 a night, all right? $500 a night. Here's what you could do. You could take 48 of these Venezuelan migrants and you can put them up in a room, give them each their own room for $500 a night for one full year, and that will come up to less than $9.8 million. So they've got it in their budget to house them in a hotel for a year in a super swanky hotel, let alone putting up tents on the properties of any of these millionaires uh, with their mansions. So I, I just, Roger, I find it laughably absurd, and it should be cringeworthy for liberal Democrats right now to see the kind of poverty pleading that's coming from Martha's Vineyard. We don't have the resources to be able to handle this and how quickly they kicked them off their own property. So I, I just, I, it blows my mind, Roger. It really does. Well, you know, it is interesting for people who think and actually pay attention to facts as you do and we do and our listeners do, that something like that is such a simple solution just based on the money, based on the available resources. But something tells me that the democratic plans and the progressive plans, I think more uh, greater than that because there are some kind of progressive-leaning uh, Christians and people who would call themselves conservative, but they're really a lot more progressive. Their whole plan seems like, I don't know if you remember the Woody Allen movie, The Purple Rose of Cairo, years and years ago, Jeff Daniels and Mia Farrell. She plays a lonely homemaker who's only escape is uh, movies during like the Great Depression era, whatever it is. And Jeff Daniels okay. plays the lead actor that she's in love with. And somehow she is transformed into his world and he's transformed into hers. Well, he gets into the real life world and not in the acting world and immediately they're trying to get away from some bad guys. He runs and finds a car and jumps in, sits behind the seat and then sits there and grabs the wheel and says, okay, I'm waiting for someone to say cut. Right? I mean, this is... Well, the right. car's supposed to move. I don't know how to drive it, but here's a car, and I got into it, and he's got all this fake prop money, and he wants to spend and lavish things on her, and none of it works. And that kind of reminds me of what most progressive policies are. They look great as photo ops. They sound fantastic as campaign promises. But when you actually try to put them into practice, Martha's Vineyard, that handles 150,000 tourists in the summer every year, says, 50 immigrants, what are we supposed to do? We can't have, <laughs> oh my gosh, we're overrun, all the humanity, we don't have uh, any place to put right. them without this money. Point. I mean, so, the, so here, here's the whole idea yeah. that these things sound great when you're on the campaign trail, and they look wonderful when you're posing for the photo right. op, signing the bill to help, you know, fight homelessness here. But the reality is, as John duly noted, it's nimby, 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 nimby everywhere you mm, go. It's right. like this is a problem for someone else. As long as you keep it off of my lawn, then I'm okay with whatever you do. I know. Get off my property. All right. I'll tell you what. We're at the bottom of the hour. Here's what we're going to do, folks, because we got a lot more to talk about uh, this in the second half. Uh, to listen to the second half of this podcast, if you're listening on the regular radio and the second half isn't playing right now, then go to the website for your local radio station you're listening to your and uh, check the program schedule because the second half may play at a different time. Or you can always listen online. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net or Apple Podcast. Stitcher, tune in. You can also watch a video of the podcast at myhopenow.com. Second half of this podcast coming up next. This has been a Crawford Broadcasting production.
Continuing the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with myself, Bob Duco, Bob Duco Show out of Detroit with Neil Boron of Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York, Roger Marsh of The Bottom Line from California, the People's Republic, John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. It's the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. We're talking uh, about immigration, the illegal immigration debate, and specifically the controversy surrounding Martha's Vineyard and these uh, these Republican governors that are being attacked right now for daring to send illegal immigrants from from the squalor of being under a bridge somewhere to ritzy, fancy, rich and wealthy Martha's Vineyard. And this is considered some kind of cruel and inhumane treatment. And now there's even talk of criminal charges being brought against them. You know, I, I got to say, Neil, Neil Boron, I wouldn't. I know this sounds cynical, but I would not be a bit surprised if Democrats didn't hold congressional investigative hearings and actually subpoena Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott to appear before Congress. I would also not be a bit surprised if the FBI right now is not investigating uh, these governors' friends and family. And I'm just waiting for Ron DeSantis' home, quite frankly, Neil, to get raided by the FBI. I, I know that sounds cynical, but in today's day and age, that doesn't seem crazy. Yeah, I think anything's possible, and the effort to continually keep the focus on big bad Republicans, you know, evil uh, extremist Republicans, is unbelievable. It you can't you can't even make this stuff up. Every single day, uh, you hear something about what you just described, and uh, you know the bottom line is what we're really actually witnessing here is is the exact opposite of what Joe Biden campaigned on. You know, the idea that, hey, look, I'm here for all the people, right? I'm your guy. I'm going to take care of you. I'm for the working class. I'm for the lower class. I'm for people of all different races and colors and sexual orientations and stuff. But the bottom line is uh, we don't actually want non-desirables in our hometown and in our backyard. So we're going to keep them in places where um, it, it makes us feel more comfortable. This is unmitigated hypocrisy, and I think that we can't let it go, that the, the Republicans really actually need to get nastier. I know that's not a, a Christian word, but my point is, Jesus said, like, the world is wiser in relation to its own kind than people in the kingdom. And it, it's time to, to step up and not back down from sh showcasing the hypocrisy on a regular basis. And I, I think it's actually brilliant what these guys have done by sending these people there. They're not trafficking them to Martha's Vineyard. They're putting them in a place where they honestly, in many ways, don't fit because the economic class of those individuals, they wouldn't want you and I there, let alone people from Venezuela. <laughs> Good one, Neil. Bottom line. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know that that is that is a very good point. Exactly, they would. Uh, I don't know what would offend them more. Okay, some some uh, some lower income, uh, poverty stricken, illegal immigrants being on their doorstep, or some conservative Republican voting Christians. I you don't know, know what would be Bob, more real offensive quick, to that. In my own neighborhood, and I, I I was telling John earlier, I live in a very much a middle class, maybe slightly upper middle class neighborhood, but definitely not schwanky. I mean, you know, it's hard working people all around here. But the bottom line is most are college educated and stuff, and most would tell you that they're all about equality and especially equity. And I hate the word equity because nobody should get mm. all of the same things. Bottom line, if, if you go to college and get a diploma and get a job, you ought to have something nicer than the guy who's still playing video games in his mom's basement. So I'm not, I'm not about equity, if that's how you want to define it. But the point is, um, you know, in this neighborhood, 
people talk like that. Those are the words they use, but talk is cheap because when they went to build a, a group home for developmentally disabled individuals in our community, all of a sudden we didn't want them in the neighborhood. All of a sudden there was pushback to keep people out. But they're the ones who say that they want tolerance and unity for all people, acceptance for all people. So it's hypocrisy through and through, and I think we just need to keep holding the Democrats' feet to the fire on this or anyone else who who embraces this kind of ideology. You know, it's interesting, uh, John, when I think about words like cruel and inhumane being used by the White House, the Biden administration, by Democrats, and so many others, I think to myself, Wow. You want to talk about what's really cruel and inhumane, the result of Joe Biden's open border policies. I mean, if you think about it, there has been, John, silence from the mainstream media mm-hmm. and from the Democrats uh, over the the hundreds and hundreds of dead bodies that have been pulled from the Rio Grande. Okay, men, women, and children floating in the Rio Grande dead. Uh, There's been silence about that. The 53 migrants that baked in the oven of that truck several weeks ago. But then you add to that the explosion of the amount of women that are getting raped by coyotes, the amount of children that are being sold to sex trafficking uh, through the horrendously dangerous journey through Mexico into the United States because Joe Biden and his policies have created an incentive to make the coyotes rich, to make the drug traffickers rich, to make the sex traffickers rich. He, he, he's injected a, a, a lifeline into those businesses. And you talk about humanitarian crisis. We're not even talking about people living under a bridge in, in El Paso, Texas. We're talking about women and children being raped on a regular basis, way more so than was happening before in all the dead bodies and nothing. So I heard nothing about this from the Democrats, from the media, but now suddenly they're clutching their pearls because a bunch of liberal elites in Martha's Vineyard actually had to temporarily share the air and the space with a bunch of uh, Venezuelans that came up here to the to 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 get into our backyard. I just I find this disgusting. Where's the outrage over the real humanitarian crisis and the cruel, inhumane policies of the Biden administration? Well, and and I talked about this a little bit yesterday, Bob. And the reality is, and it's partly why I thought we should talk about this today, is the reality is, and, and to Neil's point, we've got to do a better job of pointing this out. The reality is, the left touts constantly how they care for others, how they care for people. We saw all the way through COVID, you know, we really care about your health. The reality is, and COVID showed it as well, they don't care about you. They don't care about your health. They don't care about these individuals. They don't care about all the folks you just mentioned a moment ago, Bob, that are lying dead in the river and or raped or, or you know, you name it, what, whatever. There's so many things happening that we could get into. The reality is the other side claims, this is the way it always works, they claim to love people, but at the end of the day, they find people that do not agree with them and are not like them, despicable, they can't stand them, and in Hillary Clinton's words, they're the deplorables. That's right. That's right. And, you know, Roger, we we see this on display all the time. I mean, Joe Biden in his Dungeons from Hell speech a couple of weeks ago. uh, Here's Joe Biden talking. This was his unity speech and how important it is, you know, we all need to come together, okay, and stop calling people enemies or whatever, while at the same time he's doing exactly that, calling half of America a bunch of fascists and a danger and a threat to this country. 
uh, John is absolutely right, Roger. Democrats are themselves guilty of what they regularly accuse Republicans of, and that is it's the Democrats that have a cold-hearted attitude toward the suffering of human beings. If they did, they would care more about the suffering of women getting raped, children going into child uh, sex trafficking, dead bodies in the Rio Grande. Their sensibilities would be more shocked by that than to have people in the backyard of the rich liberals on Martha's Vineyard. But that's what has shocked and outraged them, not the dead bodies. Right. And it's a complete uh, inconsistency of so-called values that the progressives and the Democrats seem to hold. I know you're in the People's Republic of California. We have a hotly contested congressional race, a woman called Katie Porter, who was a college professor at UC Irvine, uh, is very, very popular with the more growing leftist movement in Orange County, actually knocked off a conservative candidate a couple of years ago, thanks to some very, very well-placed uh, ballot harvesting and things of that nature that caught conservatives by surprise. She's now running against a tried-and-true conservative by the name of Scott Baugh, former mayor of Irvine, uh, who's a really just a, a decent guy and a, a candidate who is very pro-life. So can you imagine of all the different issues that she's running on right now, or could be running on right now, this whole migrant immigration issue, the, the everything you just mentioned about the cartels and the raping of women, uh, the tra- sex trafficking of children, her number one concern is that Scott Baugh does not support uh, abortion, especially for victims of rape or incest. Not knowing that the number of women who seek abortion after rape or incest is less than 1% of all abortions. But if she actually did a little homework, she would know. But it's amazing how ad after ad after ad, that's all they do is pound, pound, pound. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, you've got this humanitarian crisis happening at the border right now. Yes, legal immigration is still alive and well and doing quite nicely, thank you very much, from all the corners of the world. But this crisis that's coming up here on the border, which appears to be a carefully choreographed campaign stunt yet again. See, we have a crisis at the border. We need Democratic leadership to solve the problem. I I love the fact that you've got not only conservative leadership that are pointing out the hypocrisy of what's going on, but also you you mentioned Bill Maher earlier. How many of us have been quoting Bill Maher recently in our programs? Because the guy makes sense. All of a sudden, I mean, I'm sure he never in his wildest dreams imagined that the snarky, smarmy guy who would bring in one conservative and three other, you know, liberal progressives and and call it politically incorrect, you know, let's let's feast on Dennis Prager or something like that. Uh, Now all of a sudden to say, hey, wait a minute, I don't have to write this stuff, it's writing itself. And it's all, you know, we've seen the enemy and it is us. I mean, I give him credit at least for having the, the courage to actually call out, you know, the hypocrisy of what's happening in these different cases. We have to keep telling the truth and doing so with love. And the truth of the matter is, in all honesty, the progressive plans are all just lip service. But quite frankly, there are two schools of thought here, and neither one of them has been successful in solving this issue with illegal immigration. And I think I'd love to see a lot more teeth. I mean, the, the, the DeSantis stunts are great for calling out the hypocrisy on the left. The next question is, what is the conservative side going to do to actually put some meaningful legislation in here? I mean, I think we saw kind of a precursor of that when Donald Trump was in office because you had the lowest number of, you know, arrests. I mean, well, high arrest, low illegal immigration. Now it's just off the chart. But there has to it's, it's got to be a both end, not an either or. Yeah, so true. And uh, we got a lot more to talk about this uh, as we continue going along on the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. We also have a lot more babies' lives that we need to save. And uh, again, folks, I ask you, donate to preborn right now and let's stop some abortions, okay? All of us. I mean, come on. We care about these unborn babies' lives, but we got to do more than words. It takes action. It takes money. Right? $28 saves one baby's life by showing ultrasound images of these unborn babies to the expectant moms. That's what preborn does. They do this 
by partnering with pro-life pregnancy centers all across America. And they are saving tens of thousands of babies' lives every year. But it takes money, all of us getting involved. So 28 bucks stops one abortion. $280 stops 10 abortions. $2,800 stops 100 abortions. How many abortions would you be willing to stop right now? All you got to do is this. Just right now go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn tab. And you can donate right there online. CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn and uh, donate online. Remember, 100% of what you donate goes right to funding ultrasounds. Nothing for overhead. And this is all a tax write-off for you. And yes, we are still asking for some of you out there to buy an ultrasound machine for preborn. This is $15,000. It's a tax write-off for you. Maybe it's a nice tax write-off for your business. But you'll be responsible for stopping literally thousands and thousands of abortions. Think about what a legacy that is for your business, for your family business, or whatever it may be. So for everybody else, $280, stop 10 abortions, save 10 babies' lives. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the Preborn tab. And if you want to donate over the phone, you could do that too, because I answer the phones 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. So you can call right now to 833 850 baby. So we talk immigration here on the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. And Neil, I would like to get your take. I mean, Roger's a pastor, but you're a pastor also. And as a pastor, it's got to break your heart to see what's happening as a result of Joe Biden's open border policies, because this, you know, we talk, hear words like cruel and inhumane regarding Martha's Vineyard. It's like, I, I, I don't want to just sweep under the rug what's actually really happening to women and children right now. The, these coyotes, uh, they have new life injected into their business. They're going to poor people in places like Nicaragua and El Salvador and Guatemala and Venezuela, and they're saying, look, sell all your possessions, sell everything you have, give it all to me, and we'll get you into the United States through Mexico. But along the way, many of them die. Uh, they're, they're baking, sweltering in, in ovens, traveling ovens, these big trucks. But along the way, it's extremely common for these women to be raped multiple times by multiple coyotes. The children very often are sold to sex traffickers along the way. I was, Neil, I was watching an interview, and I know this is, this is hard, but I, I have to say this. I was watching an interview, and there was this little girl a 10-year-old girl, and she lost her voice. Why did she lose her voice? Because eventually, from the screaming over being gang-raped multiple times by these various coyotes along the trip through Mexico to the United States, okay, she lost her voice because of that. a 10-year-old girl. This is happening all the time. We're At this point, there are, uh, we're coming up on 700 dead migrants that have been discovered now, most of them floating in the Rio Grande and other places from coming over here illegally. This is what happens when Joe Biden puts out his open borders policies like this and creates this enticement. And we're not even addressing the drug overdoses of all the fentanyl flooding into this country as well. So uh, to me, 
Neil, if, if the Democrats, if the liberals, if they really, truly, if the gals on The View really, truly get a quivering lip over the idea of women getting raped and, and children suffering in this way, then they ought to be furious over Joe Biden's open border policies. But the fact is, they're not. They're furious over Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, and what's really tragic about this whole thing is that people are reusable commodities. I mean, you can sell fentanyl one time. You can sell heroin one time. You can sell a little child multiple times, dozens, hundreds of times. And this the stuff we're talking about here isn't just sensational. It's real. This is a, right. as much as this creates a, an obstacle for our government to figure out how to deal with the situation in a reasonable way and actually care for these people, um, it creates an opportunity for malfeasance who are going to try to destroy human life and make a dollar doing it. It's unbelievable that this kind of thing is allowed to continue and that so little attention is actually being paid to what you described. Because, yeah, I mean, we're seeing people overcrowding in southern border towns and, you know, little places like Eagle Pass, Texas with 29,000 people, but 2,200 people a day coming into their region. I mean, do the math. Then New York City gets upset when the city of 8 million people gets 800 showing up on their doorstep. It, it doesn't make any sense. But all of this backlog and, and all of this effort to stream into the country really creates an opportunity for people that want to take advantage of human beings for whom Jesus died. And I think that it's not just an American thing. I think it's a church thing. I think as believers, we ought to make this issue a matter of prayer. Uh, we ought to thank God that he gave us the idea of civil government and the American people need to step up, rise up. We, the people, need to do something about this. And this ought to be a major issue in the midterm elections. If the Republicans miss the opportunity to put this kind of thing front and center, we've done a great disservice not only to the future of conservatism in America, but to human lives that are at stake right now, including women and children. Absolutely. And Roger, I want to ask you also, as our other uh, resident pastor, just some of your thoughts on the, the, the actual, real, true human suffering and what it really shows us that uh, the Hollywood celebrities, I haven't seen any tweets at all about all the dead bodies, all the, the children being raped and sold into sex trafficking, the women being raped, the people dying because of these open border policies. But I do want to remind you, Roger, that when Donald Trump was president, there was one famous photograph taken of of this um, th these two dead bodies in the Rio Grande. It was a heartbreaking picture of this dad and his 23-month-old daughter, and they were laying there face down in the water. Uh, that was plastered on the front page of newspapers all across the country. The Hollywood celebrities were tweeting their tear emojis and everything else. They were so heartbroken over this, yet we now have about 700 cases like this, and we're not hearing a peep from any of them. Uh, these are the same liberal Democrats that were so offended at the, the concept of Haitian migrants supposedly being whipped uh, with, with Border Patrol agents on horses when it turns out that was a hoax. They were not whipped at all. But I, I just I think the I think the silence is staggering over what's happening to these women and children that are making this dangerous trip to the United States. It shows you how our country has been desensitized to the actual story and has been just completely encaptured uh, by the whole headline theology, meme theology, what do the pictures tell me? 
and you know, quite frankly, that you know, the expression of pictures worth a thousand words. I mean, that's really what's happening right now in the way things are being communicated. And it's very incumbent upon us in the body of Christ to make sure we get the whole story. I mean, there's a new book that's just come out. I think Jay Paylightner is the, is the uh, author of it. it. It's called The Next Verse, and it's about uh, 60 different passages that get quoted often and with great passion. John 3.16, Jeremiah 29.11, etc. But then it, it takes a look at what, what does Romans 8.29 say? You know, what does John 3.17 say? How do we get the whole context? How do we get the whole story? And when you look mm-hmm. at what happens to the, the, the liberal media right now, especially, they create the narrative, they fabricate it. Here's the two pictures of the dead bodies that we want you to see, not the horrific account of what's happening right now. No one wants you to see that. And let's face it, pretty soon it becomes Hunter Biden's laptop. If the media doesn't want you to see it, you don't see it. If the pictures are going to be damaging to their cause, then you don't see it. And the idea that so many people have been conditioned to think, well, hey, I, I was talking to some folks earlier this week, bottom line turned 11 years old. And we were talking about the fact that so many people say, yeah, this is my source of news. I mean, quite frankly, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure all of our programs are like that for a lot of our listeners, where this is one of the only places that they can trust anymore to tell the whole story, to to dive deeper and really get into what is really at stake here. The idea here is not, did Ron DeSantis break the laws, Greg Abbott facing criminal charges, etc., etc. The fact that there are millions of people who are trying to come into this country illegally, there's a trafficking cartel situation going on that seems to be beyond repair. But if we trust the media to keep us informed, this is not the case of Woodward and Bernstein anymore. I mean, quite frankly, the media has become this leftist propaganda machine, and we have the opportunity here to tell the truth tell the truth with love, but then to keep pushing toward getting solutions. I think about our relationship with preborn as a classic example. When you talk about the number of babies that were saved last year, mm-hmm. the, 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 the mm-hmm. uh, ultrasound machines, the, the work that's being done, people really walking the talk that they have. I mean, I, I'm proud that they sponsor you know this podcast because and that we're in partnership with them because this is one classic case of that's where right. if you just listen to the liberal leftist media, all you would think is, well, abortion's a fundamental civil right and women are having their rights taken away by the courts and we can't let these activist judges, you know, legislate from the bench when we all know that's the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard from the left. But right. it's oh, we, we have to keep we have to keep walking the talk. We, yeah, we do, and, and by the way, can I just say real quick about uh, about preborn? What you're saying there, because you know we've been asking everybody to donate money, and you know something, uh, Christians and pro-lifers, we really do walk the talk because if Planned Parenthood took a couple busloads of pregnant women and dropped them off on the doorstep of preborn and these pro-life pregnancy centers around the country, I guarantee you, those pro-life groups, they would not go, what? How dare you? And then hurry and ship them off somewhere to uh, to some other place. They would go, hey, thank you. We're, in other words, we actually really do care about the unborn babies and the expectant moms that we claim to care about. And one last appeal, folks. Seriously, $280 saves 10 babies' lives, stops 10 abortions. Donate that now to Preborn, if you would, okay? Uh, go ahead and give them a call at 833-850-BABY. They answer the phones 24 hours a day, 833-850-BABY. Or just go online to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn tab, and you can donate right now, okay, as you do that. But, uh, uh, no, it's a great point, Roger. I appreciate that. And, Neil, you started to chime yeah. in with something. I was just going to jump in with this because something that uh, Roger said and then that you uh, commented on brought to my attention Proverbs 24, verses 10 through 12. 
And I don't often quote the Message Bible. I mean, you can read it in any version, uh, English Standard Version, New American Standard. It, it says the same thing, but really stark in the Message Bible. It says, if you fall to pieces in a crisis, there wasn't much to you in the first place. Rescue the perishing. Don't hesitate to step in and help. If you say, hey, that's none of my business, will that get you off the hook? Someone is watching you closely, you know, someone not impressed with weak excuses. Which is why I think, you know, that on the issue of preborn, on the issue of this humanitarian crisis in our southern states, Christians need to be very involved in these kind of conversations and even leading the way because the heart of God is to rescue those who are perishing. He came to rescue us because we were perishing. And I think we can demonstrate that by how we conduct ourselves, not only in these conversations, but how we put, you know, feet to our words and get involved and really try to make this, make a change so that these lives are spared and that there's an opportunity for these people to be protected, whether that's holding them back before they come in the country, vetting them properly, and then allowing them in legally. Uh, but something's got to be done and we can't just stand back and and ultimately only criticize the Democrats on this. I, I pray that these kind of conversations will motivate people to real action. Sure. Now and absolutely. Let me in our last our last few minutes here, John, if I can come over to you, I want to uh, bring this to a political position. Now we've got just about you know a minute and a half left, so okay. not long. But uh, Neil made an important point earlier politically. And that was that Republicans need to not blow this, all right? This is an opportunity for for us to expose the Democratic Party for who they really are today. And we need to be caring for people. We need to care about the humanitarian crisis, of course. But at the same time, we need to stop letting the Democrats get away with the lie that they're the compassionate party and the Republicans are cold and callous and don't care about the poor. We're seeing on full display the truth of how that's exactly the opposite. So what do the Republicans do about this to be smart to make sure not to squander this opportunity to maybe get some of those swing votes uh, this November? I think keep doing what they've doing. They've done a good job of exposing what the left really feels, the fact that, as I said many times, they don't care about any human being other than themselves and maybe their own little inner circle. But outside of that, they, they have no love, care, compassion for anyone else. I think we just need to continue to expose that through various means, by the way, not just this immigration issue, but everything that happened through COVID and on down the line we go, what they're doing to the economy even. I mean, there's so many things we could fo focus on that, you know, because f f real quick, for everybody listening, in case you don't understand this, inflation affects the poor more than anyone else. So if you really cared about those that are in need, you'd get this economy fixed sooner than later because those that are suffering the most are those at the bottom end of the spectrum. That is so true. And, of course, we have to ask, do, do the rhino establishment Republicans really want to uh, capitalize on this? Do they really want control? Frankly, and I know this is a discussion for another day, I'm not sure Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, and some of these establishment Republicans really want Republicans taking back control of the Senate. Uh, I really don't. They ought to be all over this right now, and for the most part, Agreed. they're not. Agreed. And, and so, but anyway, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, you look at where the time goes. Uh, folks, we appreciate all of you 
listening to the Crawford Roundtable podcast. A lot of you give us five-star reviews, and we appreciate that. So wherever you listen to us, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, you can watch video of the podcast at My Hope Now, or just go on to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. You can listen to past episodes there. While you're there, don't forget, click on Preborn and donate Save Some Babies Lives, okay? Uh, and John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Roger Marsh of the bottom line from the People's Republic of California. Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York. Myself, Bob Duco, Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. Guys, always great catching up with you. Thanks a lot. And hey, you know what? I said, let's, uh, let's just hope and pray that Don Crawford does not uh, really put us on the spots and uh, put us through a humanitarian crisis of flying us to Martha's Vineyard <laughs> yeah. to do next week's yeah. podcast. Oh, the don't, yeah. Mr. Crawford, if you're listening, don't be cruel. Don't be cruel. Don't do that to us. <laughs> All right, guys. Great catching up with you. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, guys. (laughs) All right. And thank you for listening, everybody. God bless. You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, a view of today's culture through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to save babies now. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more from your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app and look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This has been a Crawford Media Group production.